Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to All About TRH, a.k.a. All About the Royal Housewives, a.k.a. All About the Truth. You guys, you know I am so excited. It's here. It's finally here. The only Real Housewives to be consistently talked about, even when it doesn't air. And now we finally get to dig into each episode. New Jersey is back. And you guys know New Jersey. That's my baby. And because it's my baby... We have provided you with some receipts. So by the time you listen to this, you may have seen them as we put up text message screenshots on allabouttrh.com. If you haven't, go check it out just to see the proof. Um, But we only put up a few during this episode. Not only are we going to recap the season premiere, but we're going to be revealing text messages between Melissa Gorka and Teresa Judice, along with text from Teresa's husband, Louie, and the Gorkas. You are not going to want to miss this episode. The season premiere, it starts off, of course, at Teresa Judice's new home. Um, I don't know why I don't remember this, but I didn't remember her house being as beautiful as it is. And I know you guys are going to say, oh my gosh, it's because you are, you know, team Teresa. But no, it's, I literally think it's so beautiful. I loved Melissa's old house. I know people thought it was over the top, but I actually really thought that was pretty as well. Um, but she has these big 50 balloons, um, blown out. And then we, you know, it switches up. So we see like each house in the beginning and it heads over to the Gorka's rental house where we see all three of her kids and they're so grown. I truthfully love seeing families on the show. I think that was the whole concept to begin with. And if you've been following this podcast, I am watching Orange County's earlier seasons. I never watched it. But the kids were so involved that it made the show much more interesting because it's like real life stuff that parents can relate to. But with Orange County, they stopped that. And then they started casting like weirdos that it got to a point where the show has been a disaster. So I love that New Jersey remains true to itself. They show families. I'm all about that. Um, Over at Margaret's house. So she's shaving her husband Joe's nose hairs. It's clear as day Bravo really needs you to have a storyline or you get fired. And it's crazy that everything about Margaret's actual life is not interesting. Like her home's not 
No offense to her husband. He seems like a nice guy. But Joe, he's literally a snooze fest that he doesn't even belong with the husbands. Like every time I see him in scenes, I laugh to myself because I know these men would never, ever hang with him if it wasn't for the show. Let's just say that none of these ladies were on the show and they were just real life friends. I'm confident that the husbands would dread every double date with Margaret because of Joe. So the fact that Margaret has been on as long as she has with storylines being everyone else's but her own is mind boggling to me. And then we go to Jennifer's house and poor Jennifer, she broke her toe. But lucky for her, she has like a million kids who are able to help her through recovery and her kids seem very, very helpful. And then over at Dolores' house, she is FaceTiming with Gabby and even gets like a whole confessional speaking about the animals Gabby has brought home. And I don't know, is that the best Dolores can do? I mean, I love animals, but why are we talking about this? I don't care. So um, moving on, Dolores tells Gabby that she was supposed to go on a date with her boyfriend, Paul, but he has COVID. Dolores does look a lot happier. She actually does glow when I don't know if it's just me noticing that, but she glows when she's speaking about Paul. And I feel like in her relationship with David, there was a lot of acting with it, a lot of her pretending like she was okay with their situation, but she really never was. And that's why they broke up. She even says she has never been in a relationship like this. And we see flashbacks of him telling her how he loves having her around the house and how he's going to miss her and that, you know, this is the attention she's always deserved. But, you know, she never got this in the past relationship. So I like Paul, but Frank, Frank doesn't come across like he likes Paul. And I get it. Now, back at Melissa's rental, she asks Joe when the new kitchen will be ready. She points out that Antonia is going to be 17, wants to be at her new house for senior year, and I don't blame her. And I'm still baffled that they're even building and moving yet again when their kids are a lot older and can, you know, really be impacted by these moves. The kids are, you know, fooling around at Melissa's house, and then Melissa and Joe pretend like they haven't discussed a roller skating party that Melissa is hosting. So Joe tells Melissa that he doesn't know what's going on regarding this roller skating party. And Melissa says she's doing like a kickoff for Memorial weekend, a fun eighties party. Melissa says in her confessional that anyone who knows her knows eighties is her vibe. And I've been watching her on TV the last 10 years. I never, I I don't know. Is it just me? I never knew that, but yeah. Um, Joe Gorka asks who's coming again. He's acting like he has no idea. And Melissa says, she invited everyone. You guys, I am filming this episode and I'm so sorry to change subjects, but as I was filming this episode, I got a notification and it's just crazy because I just told you guys that I'm watching earlier seasons of Orange County and that I love seeing the kids. And I just got a notification right now that Gretchen, um, stepson, uh, Slade Smiley, son, Grayson, just passed away. And I am so heartbroken. I cannot believe it. Like I'm, I'm literally hearing his name on Orange County right now. I'm watching all the seasons with Gretchen on it and like what Slade is going through with the Grayson and his name and he passed away. And I am just so heartbroken. I'm so sorry to change the subject, but this just happened. And Gretchen did post like our rational minds told us this day might come, but our hearts always held on to the hope that this day would not come to fruition. We are beyond devastated and heartbroken over the loss of Gray. He was such a beautiful, special human being. And then she says a little bit more and she says, please respect our privacy as we mourn this unbearable loss. And I am just so sad right now for them. 
I cannot believe it. And there's a picture of Slade and him kissing and it's so sad and it's so adorable at the same time, but it's so sad to now know that he has passed. So we're definitely thinking about them and may he rest in peace. And I am sorry to be such a downer and talk about this, but it just literally popped up and now I feel terrible because I'm going to start talking about Jersey again, but I, I just saw it. So I had to share, um, and I'm going to go back to Jersey now. So there's a scene, it's at Dolores's house and Frank barges in and they discuss the rollerblading party that Melissa is hosting. He asks if her boyfriend Paul is coming, but as we know, Paul has COVID. So Frank does say in a confessional that he moved out of their home because he didn't want Paul to be uncomfortable, but that Dolores is now barely ever home and he's having a hard time with Paul. I think, you know, Paul is the first guy that thinks Frank and Dolores, relationship is out of the norm. And it is, it's very out of the normal. And I like Frank. I do, but I also think Frank just really loves being on the show. He loves being part of the husband crew, despite him not actually being a husband. And with Paul coming around, this means he's going to start hanging with the guys. And I believe Frank feels there's a chance that he slowly won't be a part of the crew. And that's what scares him. To me, that's Frank's biggest worry. And it might happen. I personally can't imagine as like the new girl hanging out with my boyfriend's ex-wife. It's all very weird. And I think if it wasn't for the show, Frank would understand and he'd back up and he really wouldn't care, but he fears getting axed off the show. And I fear that as well because I do enjoy his presence, but I understand, you know, Paul's stance on it. Frank asks if Dolores thinks he and Paul will ever get on better terms before she and Jennifer does. And Dolores responds, probably. Now, Jennifer, she's had tons of bad luck. She points out how... The affair was exposed last season, that her Ferrari got stolen, and now she broke her toe. So Jennifer's mom believes Jennifer has this evil eye on her. And I thought it was funny because in my culture, a lot of the time people are extra private because they feel like when they put their business out there, people's eye is now on them and then they get like bad luck. So Jennifer's mom does like a Turkish ritual that prevents negative energy. I thought it was funny. Jennifer reveals how her toe broke saying it was at Teresa's 50th birthday party. And we won't see Teresa's 50th birthday party on the show because it wasn't filmed. They planned it, I think, right before filming began on purpose. It was an all-expense-paid trip from Louis to Teresa and her closest family and friends. So Jennifer was present and just happened to break her toe there, poor girl. And she thinks the evil eye is coming from Dolores. And they haven't seen each other since the reunion, which really wasn't that long because they started filming, I think, like May, the week of like May 15th, around there. And they filmed the reunion for season 12 on March 31st. So it hasn't been that long since they've seen each other. To me, the fight between Dolores and Jennifer is stupid. I mean, I like both girls very much, but I'm team Jennifer here because I just think Jennifer was hurt with Dolores and Dolores feels like Jennifer shouldn't be hurt, but that's her feelings. When it comes to their friendship, Jennifer feels like Dolores never stuck up for her and Dolores believes in her head that she stood by her more than anyone else did. And Dolores says, if anyone says anything different from that, like Jennifer did, that they need to get the F out of her face. Dolores says Jennifer's irrelevant just for that and feeling that way. Again, I truly feel like Dolores is kind of reaching at this point. And it's probably this pressure of a storyline. We've been talking about it. But 
even when Jennifer accused Dolores of not ever sticking up for her, she did it in a vulnerable way. She wasn't being vicious about it. And that's why I think that Dolores is taking this to the extreme because facts are facts. And there are multiple times throughout the past seasons where Dolores doesn't stick up for Jennifer, period. And it's fine if she doesn't want to, but don't act like you were something that you weren't. When Bill asked Jennifer if he's going to have a convert or if she's going to have a conversation with Dolores, she says, absolutely not. Because when she told her how she felt the last time she was called to see you next Tuesday, Jennifer says she was dismissed and that's what she believes to be the case. Jennifer points out that she is in a better place with Melissa than Dolores and she never thought she'd see the day. And I actually love when these two get along. So it sucks to know that they're in a really bad place yet again. And it's a bad place that I think they'll never be able to come out of. Back to Melissa and Joe. So Joe again acts like he doesn't know whether Melissa invited Teresa. She says she did because she didn't want to leave anyone out. And then Joe Gorka, being the drama queen that he is, replies, quote, we were left out as a flashback to Melissa not being asked to walk in Teresa's wedding. Melissa then says in her confessional she should have absolutely been chosen to be a part of Teresa's wedding because she is her only brother's wife, but being an excluded was a big F you. Queen Gorka, a.k.a. Joe, says that at the reunion she showed them how she really feels about them. And I don't understand the confusion here. Joe was asked immediately to be in the wedding from Louis. He accepted. Then he declined when he realized Melissa's not walking. And honestly, I'm surprised that he even thought that was a ca- the case. I-, I would never think Teresa would ask her. You know, I have been in so many weddings where a sister-in-law is not walking and it's completely fine. It's really not that shocking. At the end of the day, even if Melissa and Teresa moved on, they always go back to the same place and there's always that risk. It's not that serious if Teresa decides she doesn't want her walking because who knows if they'll be good in a year. Teresa's explanation on why she didn't ask Melissa initially was she felt betrayed. Um, She has spoken out saying that the Gorkas didn't like Joe Judice and now she's with this man and they are engaging in gossip when it comes to Louis. So when Teresa privately texts Melissa to not speak out on Louis, Melissa, you know, walks out and says, you guys, Teresa texted me and she exposes the text and then she even mocks her, which showed her character. And it wasn't like Melissa was like, Guys, cut out speaking about Louie. He's been nice to all of us. We really like him. I don't want to do this. No, she read Teresa's text out loud and then she mocked her. So yeah, I wouldn't want that person walking in my wedding either. And then the reunion happens in March and they get into it a couple of times. So again, there's there shouldn't be a surprise here as to why she didn't get asked. How I think she's acting at this point because I don't understand how she feels like she should have been asked, especially after things like that. And I'm so glad because Bravo actually did do a flashback of it. Usually I feel like the editing is always made to paint Teresa in a bad light and they don't show flashbacks or when they do, it's not good scenes for her. Whereas and they showed what Teresa was actually talking about. And a lot of people who aren't even Teresa Teresa fans, we posted it. They saw it and they were like, wait, I'm shocked that I'm saying this, but I actually agree with her. Um, so we did post it on our Instagram account, but it's also on the episode. Uh, if you want to go ahead and take a look at that, but my whole thing is you're allowed to be on good terms, but not walk in someone's wedding. So I don't understand it. I don't know when people are going to comprehend that when it's someone's wedding, it's about them. It's not about you. It's not about anyone else. You should respect that. 
Um, anyways, Melissa and Joe, they continue to act during the scene and Melissa makes sure that she points out how she texted Teresa the night um, after the season 12 reunion in late March. It was March 31st to be exact. Melissa then gives producers a text and she only shows the message that she wrote. She says, quote, I'm just letting you know, I'm truly fine with not being in the wedding. Um, I don't want to bring it up again within our family moving forward. I wish you all the best. I'm not going to get mad at you for what Jennifer does and you shouldn't get mad at me for what Margaret does. Good night. At this point, Teresa had her appendix taken out. She was even advised not to go to the reunion. And I'm confused on why Melissa would say this after the reunion wraps. If you feel this way, why would you not say this during the reunion and then make peace? Why wait until cameras are not rolling to make peace? It it just doesn't make sense. It'll never make sense to me. Well, we find out Teresa doesn't respond. So now Melissa is making this a thing because she didn't respond and she's upset about it. But on Easter, which was April 17th in 2022, we know that Teresa texted Melissa a funny photo for Easter and said, happy Easter. And Melissa, you know, being the petty person she is, she doesn't respond. Louie then invites Melissa and Joe to Teresa's 50th birthday that was in Tulum. He only invited her closest friends and family. And he actually paid for every single person's ticket and stay, which is crazy. Anyways, so uh, Melissa and Joe, they decline. And it makes me wonder, did they decline because it wouldn't be filmed so they didn't have to show face? We then find out Teresa texts Melissa when she had a gathering to cut cake for her 50th and invites Melissa there too. And not only Melissa, but her family, she wants the kids there and Melissa declines. So if Melissa is so mad, why invite Teresa to the roller skating party? This all happened within a month. It's not like it's been several months. And if you didn't care about being a bridesmaid and said that on March 31st, why is your whole storyline about to be regarding being a bridesmaid? I mean, make it make sense. Anyways, Melissa shows producers um, another text and nothing else, which alone tells you how messy she is because she tries to act like the bigger person and she's not. At this point, Teresa has still been in contact with Joe. She's reached out to Melissa. She's invited her to things, and Melissa's declining. Um, And then Melissa submits a text from a bigger text that she writes out, but she only includes, like, the first two lines. Melissa acts like it's crazy that Louis would invite them to Teresa's 50th birthday. And Queen Gorka, trying to really set a storyline in, he says that, you know, again, Teresa doesn't even want us at her wedding, all because... She doesn't want Melissa to walk in the wedding. Melissa then, again, she shows producers another text message. It's dated on May 4th. It's saying, Teresa, I texted you driving home from the reunion and you never answered back until now, which is so crazy because they spoke multiple times before that. It's cropped to only show, again, Melissa's text, not the Easter text, not uh, any other text, just that a few lines of her long text. So how do people not realize how messy this comes across? If you're going to show us a text, show us the conversation. I'm not saying, you know, go back and scroll all the way up, but screenshot your screen to show us both messages. And, you know, I came prepared with this episode and I actually got all the text messages to give you full context. So I'm going to release some of those texts right now. This is a conversation between Melissa and Teresa since Melissa only showed her version and a cropped out one for that matter. So before I continue the recap, let's cover the text. 
So on the season premiere, Melissa releases the text message from Thursday, March 31st, the night of the reunion. Teresa doesn't respond, but on Easter, which was April 17th, she sends like a funny gift for Easter. Melissa doesn't respond. On Friday, April 29th, Teresa calls Melissa with no response. On Friday, April 29th at 12.46 p.m., Melissa texts, quote, I'm at Joey's school, can't talk. I can call you back later, question mark, end quote. Teresa just responds and she says, what's your address? I spoke to him. I'm getting him his birthday gift. She, it it looks like then they probably talked on the phone. Um, So Teresa sends a box of sneakers, a picture of a box of sneakers and says, thank you. I'm assuming at this point, Teresa saying, thank you for giving me the address. Melissa just responds and says, never heard of it regarding the shoe store. And Teresa responds, it's in Short Hills Mall. They have all the sneakers these kids want. Ter- er, Melissa doesn't even respond. And I thought that was so rude. Like here, Teresa is, you guys are obviously in this weird place and she's buying your son a present and all that you say is never heard of it. When she's going out of her way, going to the mall, buying your grown ass son a present and he's older, like they shouldn't even be doing presents, I feel like. but. She's doing that. And all she responds is never heard of it. Um, On May 3rd, four days later, Teresa invites Melissa to an annual gala. Melissa responds, hi, we actually have another event that night, so we won't be able to make it. Teresa responds, okay. This was around 5 p.m. on May 3rd. So at 11.15 p.m., May 3rd, Teresa texts Melissa again, because at this point, she probably feels the cold shoulder. Teresa says, After watching the reunion, I do feel and know that our families have gone backwards. I want us to be a better example for our children, starting with myself. I love you, and I just want things to be better. Are you free for lunch next week? Melissa responds on May 4th at 8.51 a.m. and says, Teresa, I texted you driving home from the reunion, and you never answered until now. By the way, that was the line that was shown uh, on the season premiere. That's what Melissa gave them. And then she cut everything else off, and this is the rest of it. She says, it seems like a little calculated to me that you actually have to watch the reunion and read comments to make yourself feel like you want to fix the family again for the 100th time. I feel like this text is about you and not really about us, especially when we're about to go into filming again in two weeks. After all these years, I finally found a way to accept our relationship. For our children, I don't want to argue. Let's just leave it as is and be what we are. We are family. We should always respect that. No need to go to lunch. You drew the line in the sand with the wedding. You've said multiple times on interviews that we will never be friends. I agree with you. We will always be family and I will always wish you nothing but the best. See you soon. Again, she brings up the wedding, but on March 31st in that text, she said she's completely good with not walking in the wedding, but she brings it up on this May 4th text. Melissa's acting like Teresa hasn't been in contact with her in forever. But in April, Teresa is in contact with her and she texts her a couple of times. Um, So I don't know why Melissa is trying to make it like Teresa ghosted her until May when they only had one month to not film. It was a month and a half. Uh, But she's acting like it was so much longer. So what I think is calculated is the fact that Melissa only shared some of the text on tonight's episode, never showed any of Teresa's responses, and then cut and cropped what was shown. Teresa replies back on May 6th at 1 p.m. And she says, I'm sorry to not respond to you that that night. We had a very, very long day and I was totally exhausted and not feeling so good after surgery. Thank you so much for what you said. It was heartfelt and genuine. We are family and we can do better starting with me. 
I'm so sorry about the wedding. I feel terrible that I hurt you from the bottom of my heart. Let's talk. It would mean the world to me. And she puts a heart face. Melissa responds at 6 p.m. and says, Teresa, all good. I'm fine with it. Fine with it. I told you that. On May 13th, Teresa now invites Melissa yet again saying, good morning. Next Wednesday, the 18th, we'd love to have you and the family over for cake for my birthday. Let me know. Have a great day. So now we know that cake was on May 18th. So by, I'm pretty sure their first day of filming was May 16th, but we know that May 18th is when the cake thing happened. So again, Melissa is now acting like they haven't talked in months when they talked in April. And then Teresa just didn't respond to that March 31st text after the reunion. Um, but Melissa responds after being invited to the cake to say, Hey, okay, let me check with your brother. I'll get back to you. Melissa waits until May 14th at 7 PM to text. I asked Joe about Wednesday. He said, we, we will be in the city. We have a business dinner that was set up a while ago. People are flying in from LA. Kids have a game. Sorry to miss it. At this point, Melissa is working hard on a storyline to make it like they have serious issues because this is Teresa inviting them. And yet again, they're the Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Declining. Also, Melissa would know if they had this crazy busy dinner on a random Wednesday. So you know it's BS. And then when we see it as it films, like they're sitting at home. I don't know for sure if it was that Wednesday, but they're just sitting at home. And it obviously they're making excuses. They could have made it if they really wanted to. She would have known about this dinner. Uh, it wouldn't have been a surprise. And it would, a dinner with business people wouldn't be on a random Wednesday. So anyways, Teresa responds and she just says, okay. On May 18th, Teresa texts Melissa, thank you so much for the flowers. Love you. Melissa replies, welcome. Have a good day. Smiley face. On May 29th, Teresa texts Melissa saying, I love you thinking of you with a heart face. Melissa responds hours later saying, we love you too. So these text messages between them show Teresa trying. And on the season premiere, which again, we're filming that week of May 16th. I know I keep saying this, but there's a point to it because she acts like, and she says, I have not, we have not spoken to them in two months. Did you guys just hear how many text messages I read between them? They obviously were speaking. So for her to make it something else just shows she wants to make this a storyline for the hundredth time. Now let's talk Teresa's 50th birthday and the invite. So both Melissa and Joe discuss that they were invited. They kind of like blow it off and they're like confused about the invite. So when they spoke out about it, I'm assuming they just got like a standard invite. Well, we haven't shared these texts that we have just yet. So this is a podcast exclusive. These texts are in a group chat between Louie, Teresa, Melissa, and Joe. And I am going to read them out to you guys now. I may fumble, so I'm sorry about that, but um, fumble on some words, but uh, there's a lot. So in this group, this is how it all started. 
Louis sends a text to all three. He includes Melissa, Teresa, and Joe. And he says, hey, Joe, hope all is well. I've been trying to get a hold of you to talk to you about Teresa's 50th birthday. Last Friday, I finalized plans for her birthday. And over the weekend, she put together a list of the people that she would like to be there. And the attached is the itinerary, which describes the whole trip for her 50th surprise birthday. I have a large private jet leaving the morning of May 19th and returning Tuesday the 23rd. There's no expense to anyone. Everything is paid for. This has nothing to do with the show. It's a private event for your sister and the people she wanted to be with on her day. I hope you receive this message with love from me to you and Melissa. I really hope you guys can make it. Joe responds, we appreciate the offer. My sister was very clear where we stand with her. Very confused as to why she would... She would want to spend several days together for a special birthday. She just said they aren't close, and that's why she doesn't want her around. Listen, I'm okay with everything. Don't feel the pressure to extend the invite. I know it's just coming from a fake place. No need for it, bro. I'm sure you watched the reunion. Enjoy your vacation. So, yeah, Joe Gorka, I don't know what he was trying to say um, on that text message or if, like, Melissa wrote it for him. I I don't know because some of it didn't make sense. But Louis responds, What's fake is the thought of bringing this family closer through a TV show. I know you agree and have told me that it's a TV show and nothing more. It's not real life and family. I'm extending this to you guys because this is what your sister wants. She wants a chance for you guys to grow off camera and in the public eye. I've told you many times I'm working with her and helping her through her own struggles of growth. The TV show is combative place and full of superficial bullshit, not a form for a family to recover. This isn't fake and there is zero pressure. This isn't strategic. This is coming from me who has been in your sister's life for almost two years now. I'm trying, Joe and Melissa. Nobody's perfect, including the both of you. Me and the guy standing on the corner of the street. And he put like an emoji. Melissa says, hi, Louie. What you might not know because you've only been here for two years is that we've had this exact conversation for the last 15. It's exhausting. TV show or not, no one's arguing. Let it be. Louis then responds, Melissa, I have three siblings and we've had our fair share. We never stop trying. And today we thank God that we work through our shit so that we could be here today in such a loving place. I'm sorry, you guys, these texts are so long. Teresa has had a rough deal life marriage and four kids on her own. It's no secret. Her best self is coming out. However, it's not coming without facing pain. And she has to go through the pain of facing things that were never faced before in her life ever. This is a habit of most people to continue through life deflecting things that need to be addressed. Everyone plays a part in this demise, and it's not only Teresa. All you have to do is watch the TV show and see how this has been. No fault on anyone because I'm not here to pose blame. It's the simple truth. Please, Melissa, I respect you and Joe. I'll never lose that. Please try to understand from the kindest part of your soul that I'm devoted to helping her and her daughters with everything I've got. This means that I will not let you or Joe down in the process. I will not fail your efforts, and this family can be the family it should be. There are seven kids here that can benefit from these lessons, not just the bad ones. More importantly, the effort and recovery from all of this. The TV has been the worst thing for both your families. It has instigated all the noise that stands between both you and Teresa. On my life, I have gone to Totoa countless times and prayed for you guys and both of your family. Please take a step and trust me. I'm not going to let you down. You guys, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what Totoa is, so I probably said that wrong. But anywho, Joe then, Joe Gorka then responds and he says, very good points here. I've said this for years. My sister should have thought about that before igniting this fire. Let's not go back and forth. I promise you're wasting your time. Please don't text back. We're good. Leave it alone. Love you guys. So Louis doesn't end up texting back because Joe asked him not to text back. Um, But again, in, in in those text messages, you see Joe taking zero accountability and just blaming it all on Teresa. 
I had to bring this up because there were just already watching the season premiere. There were so many lives happening when Melissa and Joe spoke because it, what they're doing is they're trying to control this narrative. Then to downplay the invite to her 50th when Louis was practically begging them to go was something I needed to expose. And I will be putting this, the text messages out there so you guys know that these are you know, not edited, not changed. These are the actual text messages. If they weren't, I'd get sued. These are the actual text messages. I didn't change anything. I didn't do anything to them. So I will put them on allabouttrh.com. But yeah, I know I dropped a bomb, but let's finish this recap. So we see Louie's family over on Teresa's actual birthday. This is when the invite that Melissa declined, which is sad because on the episode it shows, again, Melissa and Joe home, and they could have went and they're putting the kids in the middle of this because at this point the kids don't even talk to each other anymore because of the parents and it sucks louis tells Teresa that joe shouldn't be mad at her and then bravo shows a scene where joe is shouting at her at the reunion to be a sister because he was so upset she called him excuse my language a bitch boy but let's not forget all the nasty things Joe Gorga has said to Teresa, calling her garbage at his son's christening, calling her scum, said mul- multiple nasty things about her. But Teresa can't say anything without him walking off and threatening to quit like he did on the season 12 reunion when we all know he would never quit. Like quit. It's got it, it's at a point where it's so bad. So quit. Why are you guys still there? Teresa tells Louis she thinks it's Melissa who always has an issue and Joe Gorka like follows, but I disagree. I think it's all Joe Gorka and that Melissa acts the way she does because of Joe. And sometimes I feel bad because she does get the heat of things when it's all Joe at the end of the day. Melissa tells Queen Gorka, Joe, that she thought when Teresa met Louis that Teresa would be more happy, but she's been the opposite. She's been nasty than ever. And I want to explain it since Melissa can understand. Melissa and Joe or Melissa and Queen, they did not like Joe Judice. They made it like he was the problem when, with Queen Gorka's parents and Queen and that he was a problem with the siblings' relationships. So she finally meets a great guy. Um, she asks them, hey, don't speak poorly of him. And at this point, Melissa's BFF, Margaret, is speaking to all his exes. And she wonders why Teresa is livid. Well, hello, she is finally happy. Let her be happy. She doesn't want her man to run away from her because of all this drama. You know, he's actually making her happy. He's a good influence on her. Melissa takes zero accountability per usual and says they tried for years. So she doesn't get it. Teresa sits down for dinner with Louis' parents, um, siblings, their kids, and they have a beautiful dinner. Louis comes from an amazing family. You can tell they're so loving. His sisters are amazing. You can just tell from a few moments like that that's a good family and he grew, grew up in a good home. Teresa says that her birthday wish is that her daughters never fight like her and her brother. And they assure her that that would never happen. They say sisters are different. And I do agree with them on that statement. I do think sisters are different. Like, yes, they fight, but they get over things. Teresa says Louis's family is filling the void drama-free. Now, it's finally the roller skating party, and everyone comes dressed to impress. We meet Frank's girlfriend, Brittany. Brittany is 33. Frank is 58, but Dolores is actually a big fan of her, so that's nice. Jackie arrives, and that's all I got on Jackie. Margaret asks Melissa if Teresa's coming to roller skating, and Melissa says yes from what she last told her. Margaret plays the victim and says, you know, Teresa was disgusting, treated her poorly, and perhaps Teresa did give Margaret way too much energy, but I would be weirded out that Margaret was speaking to my boyfriend's exes. It's it's all just very weird, but I do do think that Teresa gave Margaret too much energy. And 
What's really weird is that Margaret still follows the exes on social media. But if I was Teresa, I wouldn't even give Margaret the time of day. Melissa tells Margaret that Teresa and her haven't spoken since the reunion. And again, another lie. She is trying to control the narrative. You guys, please open your eyes. I know you guys say like, I'm up Teresa's ass, but it's not even about Teresa. It's about all these lies that I've caught the last 10 years. And now Teresa's actually watching this show. So she's able to like respond to things, but I'm sick of her trying to control the narrative. She's lying to Margaret's face. They have spoke multiple times and she was also recently begged to go to her birthday twice. They started filming at the end of May. There are multiple texts to show. They have spoken several times. Teresa arrives and it's, it's very awkward. Queen Gorka is very uncomfortable. Like he's making everyone, he's making Teresa at least uncomfortable Queen Gorka blows Teresa off and Teresa's confused as to why she was even invited if they're not going to speak to her. We meet Margaret's girlfriend, Jen Fessler, and I could tell I'm going to like her. I get nervous when anyone is getting introduced as Margaret's friend, but she does seem relaxed. Like she doesn't try too hard. I also appreciate that she spoke to all the girls and didn't act a certain way just because she's Margaret's friend. To me, that's more authentic. Margaret and Teresa, they go face to face and Teresa admits the last time she saw her, she didn't like how she was lashing out at Margaret. Teresa admits that she's had a hard time forgiving people. And then we see a flashback of her speaking to a therapist. Teresa says she's learned not to be so reactive. And with Louis being a forgiving person, he's going to also help her with that, which is great. And then we meet newest housewife, Danielle, and her husband, Nate. She and Nate, they're a cute couple, like young family. Danielle's stepmom was, I guess, married to Caroline Mando's brother. Um, but she has a cute personality. You can tell she's all about having fun. She describes herself as being extra and proud. And I'm all for Team Extra. We later even meet her kids and her family. And they're all adorable. So I'm excited to see that play out. Now, Jennifer walks into the roller skating with a broken toe. She's nervous to see Dolores. Jennifer and Melissa greet each other, and they're being playful with one another, which is a huge step for them. Dolores and Jennifer awkwardly ignore each other, and Jennifer admits she's avoiding her because the last time she tried to talk to her, Dolores went off, and I don't blame Jennifer. She obviously can't speak to Dolores, and she worries that Dolores will snap if she tells her how she feels. Dolores greets Jennifer's husband, Bill, without Jennifer, and then... Dolores is, sits with Frank, Queen Gorka, and then Frank asks Queen Gorka if he's going to speak to Teresa. Queen tries to switch the narrative again by saying Teresa made it clear where they stand despite Teresa trying the last two months and apologizing to Melissa. Joe Gorka shows us time and time again that he refuses to take any accountability. He always says he didn't do anything and that Teresa did. And I know this is a point that people get annoyed about, but let's just go back to season three. That's all we need to do. Let's go back to the christening. You clearly have done stuff. Moving on to Jen Fessler. So she's having a conversation with Teresa. They're hitting it off. Jen tells her she's friends with Margaret, but there's just something about the way Jen handles herself that makes her likable. She comes across authentic to me. Marge then inserts herself in the conversation, and Teresa actually invites her over for some cheese and wine to talk things out. Teresa tells Marge to bring her husband to join the conversation. It all goes pretty well. Marge said the behavior is not very Teresa-like, but I think Louie's a great influence on Teresa. In comes new housewife Rachel and her husband John. Rachel's son Jaden is best friends with Melissa's son Gino. Dolores knows Rachel as well because she used to train with Frank for quite some time. Rachel comes across as a fan of the show. I don't like when fans of the show come on. 
And I don't know if I'm a fan of Rachel either. Rachel is a Bravo lover and she kind of seems ashamed of it. It was exposed weeks ago that Rachel created an Instagram account years ago called Bravo lover. And there were some numbers attached to it. It was like Bravo lover, like one, two, three, four. I don't know. It was something like that. It's obviously deleted now, but she was a fan and even snagged Frank as a trainer and hopes to probably get on the show. And she probably told her son to befriend Melissa's son. At this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Dolores is hosting another charity event. So she's raising money. She gathers a crew around to invite them. She asks for their men to be involved to do like a fun photo shoot. Jennifer and Dolores continue to ignore each other. So it was just all very weird. But moving on. Now, the moment we've been waiting for, Margaret shows up to Teresa's house. Prior to that, Teresa explains that she's a very reactive person. And that's what she knew growing up because that's all she saw. That's how her dad was. She owns that she's very much like her dad and she always reacts, but she doesn't want to do that anymore. So she says she's working on herself. Now they all sit in Teresa's backyard, which by the way is stunning. Teresa asks Marge if Marge really knows her and Marge says she saw a bad side of her last year. Teresa says it was, you know, something new every week coming from Marge, you know, regarding Louie. Marge plays it off that she was just concerned. But if any of these people were truly concerned, they would reach out off camera and say, hey, I'm concerned. But that's never the case. Like I could see Marge doing that when it comes to Melissa because they're actually friends. But don't say that you were concerned because if you were, you would reach out privately and say, no, I'm really, truly concerned about you. Not do it all on camera. You wanted a reaction out of her because like Teresa said, she, she reacts. Teresa says she just wants to be left alone. And Margaret says if Teresa had told her she was hurt, Margaret would have stopped, which no one believes. And Teresa did say it a million times. Teresa does cut off Margaret a few times. So Louis steps in and he calmly tells her to just hear Margaret out. And I appreciated that because, again, I think it's great when your partner is helping you understand and be better. Melissa gets brought into it and Teresa brings up the text that she sent Melissa in pride private. And then Bravo actually does a flashback of it. And it's that text that, you know, Teresa sends Melissa and says, Hey, like, I don't want anyone to talk about Louie. And I think Melissa was drunk. So she let her mask fall out for fall off for a second because she runs out and she's like, you guys, Teresa just texted me this. She like mocks her a little. She says like, blah, blah. Like she, she was definitely drunk, but she does not look good at all. Um, but you know, Margaret, doesn't defend her. Margaret doesn't say anything. Louis calls Melissa insecure, you know, because of her doing that. And Margaret stays silent about that. Teresa brings up when Margaret did something special for her mom and that that's something she'll never forget and says she doesn't want to fight with her. Margaret does get emotional. Teresa apologizes. She says she's really sorry. She wants to make things better. She even invites her to her wedding. So all is well for now. But it is now the day of Dolores' charity event at Margaret's house. The men are posing for a calendar. And you guys, I was so uncomfortable, but not in this like, oh my gosh, this is hot. More like I'm scared and I need to cover my eyes. I, I just thought all the men posing, it was a lot. They were all being such good sports for doing it. But I did laugh a little when Margaret told Joe to cover his stomach because I just could imagine like how insecure he probably felt after that. But I know they have like a playful relationship. I feel like Evan actually may have looked the best and the hot dogs were a bit much with Joe Gorka. I, I question anyone who finds that man attractive. And I said what I said. I, I find it very odd. 
Now, Margaret corners Melissa and Joe Gorka in the kitchen to tell them how everything went when she went to Teresa's house. And I'm wondering why Joe was there. Like, take Queen out of the equation. And would Melissa have lasted a season? I mean, she needs Joe Gorka in every scene to be relevant. Margaret tells them Louis called her insecure. And Melissa, you could tell she sees red. Margaret had told them the main reason Teresa was upset with Melissa and it had to do with the text, the private text message that she exposed. Melissa downplays it, but little does she know that Bravo did a flashback showing how bad she came across. Now we meet Paul and he's very Jersey. This is Dolores, his boyfriend, the body, his build, the gelled hair. He seems charming. He seems very into Dolores. And Jennifer and Danielle in the scene, they're talking when Dolores' name gets brought up, of course. And Jen Fessler, she chimes in the convo as Jennifer says, she did nothing to Dolores for it to be this way. Jennifer says she kissed Dolores' ass. And then the new housewife, Rachel, is giving Jennifer a look. Like she wants to say something to make a name for herself. Like if you pay attention, you can see her waiting for Del- for Jennifer to be done so that she could say something. I don't know. That's just how I felt. Jennifer gives examples of how she could have spoke out on her and Dolores's and David relationship negatively, but she never did. Fessler says, well, you're doing it now. Rachel then asks how Jennifer and Dolores got to this point, acting like she wasn't Bravo lover on Instagram and hasn't watched every second of the show. Jennifer opens up and says she was, you know, called hypocritical for talking about Margaret cheating when she's with a cheater and insert Rachel, who is trying to make her moment and says, well, I do think you are being hypocritical. Like she doesn't even know Jennifer and she's having a strong opinion about it. And they go back and forth, but I don't even care to talk about that. Uh, But I I just think, you know, Bravo Lover does need to know her lane. She says in her confessional, Jennifer needs to stop talking for two seconds, but she's the one who inserted herself in the conversation. She was like, that's my moment. Let me go in there. Let me see what they're talking about. Jennifer for sure is talking about someone. Let me make my moment. I don't like her right now. Danielle can see Jennifer as her and Jennifer gets emotional. Dolores then asks Rachel what's happening and Rachel says Jennifer doesn't understand why Dolores is upset. Dolores then grabs Jennifer to talk and Melissa asks new housewife Rachel what happened. Rachel is speaking to both Melissa and Jackie and Rachel's explaining what happened when Jackie cuts her off. And I couldn't believe that Jackie of all people said this, but she looks at Rachel and she says that to Rachel, you've yet to make any eye contact with me during this conversation that you're having with me and Melissa. Melissa awkwardly stands there while Jackie says she thinks it's just nice to have social skills. I don't blame Jackie. Rachel's a newbie and clearly looking at Jackie is probably very irrelevant, which at the point, at this point, Jackie is, but still it's, it's rude. You should be Um, Dolores. Now onto Dolores. She tells Jennifer that, you know, you've been talking about me this entire party. Dolores adds that she tried talking to Jennifer twice at the roller skating, but that Jennifer walked away from her. I don't know if I missed this, but I don't recall Dolores like trying to talk to Jennifer. Again, I loved Dolores. I just never saw an attempt and I never saw Jen like walk off when she attempted, but I, maybe I need to rewatch. Jennifer seems so nervous speaking to Dolores and Dolores says that Jennifer has told many people that she hasn't been a good friend and Jennifer calmly says that's how she feels. Jennifer explains when Dolores said she is not defendable that it hurt her and Dolores says, well, she isn't like you're not defendable again, proving that Dolores is milking this fight because you're obviously not a good friend if you're going to say that. Things get ugly and Jennifer walks off. They're both screaming at each other. It's a whole scene. As Jennifer's walking away, she says that Dolores looks like an old handbag. Oh my God, you guys. When I heard that, I covered my ears. 
I could only imagine Dolores' reaction when she saw that. And then it was like a to-be-continued. There you have it, the season premiere of The Real Housewives of New Jersey, as well as text messages exposing the Gorkas exclusively at All About TRH. This is going to be a fun season. I'm really excited. Thank you guys for listening. And I apologize if you guys heard my six-month-old crying in the background. He was waking up, but my husband did go and feed him. Um, anyways, please follow us on all social media outlets at All About TRH and check out allabouttrh.com. Please subscribe and stay tuned for next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.